Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Joshua and the United Kingdom. If I could draw your attention to that verse I just finished reading, that Jesus is talking to verse 24, where Jesus says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. One of my favorite television shows that comes on TV, television shows that comes on TV, redundant. One of my favorite shows is this show called My 600-Pound Life. I don't know if you've ever seen the show, but it's a wonderful show. I love that show. I really do. And before I get into it any deeper, let me just say that when I, I don't know if you've ever seen it, it's a show about people who have eaten so much that they are now 600 pounds or more and now there is this rescue mission to see can they save their life so I really love the show and to be honest when I watch the show either one of two things happens either number one it makes me get up and go to the gym I'll be sitting there watching, and I'm like, you know what? Let me turn this thing off. Let me put some workout clothes on, and let me go down here and work out and do what I need to do. It either does that, or they get to eating something. Oh, I don't, I guess. This girl was frying chicken between her legs in the bed. I'm so sorry. And I was like, I need me some fried chicken. I paused it. I went to Bojangles, Bojangles. I went to Bojangles, got me some chicken. And me and that girl ate chicken together anyway. I, I really do love the show. I love the show. I, one of the reasons why I love the show, the show is inspiring to me. It's inspiring to me because when you watch it, if you listen, there's always a story. A story of devastation, a story of loss, a story of pain, a story of abuse, a story of molestation, a story of something tragic that happened that affected this person so much that they have now decided to medicate themselves through their stomach. And they have so medicated themselves through their stomach that they are now on the verge of death. And they have a choice to make. And that choice is, will they stay there and die? Or will they get up and fight for their life so that they will not just be a victim of the devastation that happened to them. And if you don't feel God in that, I don't really know if you hear me all that clearly. Because every single one of us in here has had some kind of tragedy and some kind of difficulty and some kind of hardship and some kind of tough thing that has happened to us. And the temptation is to self 
medicate with something to fill yourself with something that at some point is about to kill you and most of the time on the show people try to do better but most people fail to ever really become any better but every now and then there's somebody that's just determined enough there's somebody that says I don't care what was done to me I don't care what anybody says about me I will live and not die I'm getting up out this bed I'm about to eat me some salad I'm about to push me some weights around they make up in their mind to turn their life around If you watched the show originally when it first came out in the beginning, now I'm really going to show it. I'm going to move on. But at the beginning, Dr. Now used to just right away, he put people in the hospital for 30 days. And then they'd lose weight. And then he gave them weight loss surgery right away. But what happened is he found that he can't fix you if you not fix yourself. So, you can come in here, you can watch this. I will, and we will, and this awesome choir, y'all did a great job. We will pre-op you, and we will, by the Holy Ghost, do a surgery on you and cut an oversized stomach out of you. You have an appetite for something that is too much. It will never be satisfied. We will cut it out of you, and we will set you on the course to life but we cannot help you if you are not willing to help yourself. I'm going to make everybody say something to me on that. Now what he do is he says, oh, you want weight loss surgery? Okay, go home first. Lose 30 pounds on your own. Come back here, let me weigh you. Uh-huh, that's nice. Go back home. Go lose another 30 pounds. Then come back here. I'm not doing weight loss surgery on you if you don't show me first that you're not divided against yourself because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. I knew you was wondering how I was going to bring it back, preacher. Uh, the kingdom had a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand and you divided against yourself cannot stand it don't matter how anointed we are it don't matter how much Jesus we got no matter how much Holy Ghost we got it don't matter how much teachers you got it don't matter whether you have good professors or bad professors if you are gonna learn in college it's gonna be because you teach yourself you're gonna get out of it what you put into it at some point we cannot help you if you divide it against you Jesus says now hold on a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. As a matter of fact, if Satan is divided against himself, his kingdom has come to an end. It's very interesting, though, in that I, I ask these questions, and that is, what made Jesus say this? And this is all appetizers. I got a meal for you, but let me just, let me give you some breadsticks real quick and just a, a little bit of, I got a quesadilla for you, and then I'm going to give you the real meal. It's very interesting to me. I'm curious in that, what made Jesus say this? What made Jesus say a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand? A house divided against itself cannot stand. What made him say that? 
Well, if you read the passage with me, you will see that what made him say that is something that I want to take just a few minutes and dissect for our own edification because it is one of the most difficult, hard, demonic, evil attacks against any relationship, whether we're talking about with your spouse, with your parents, in your company, with your friends. What I'm about to bring out is one of the things that the enemy traffics in. Now, I'm not one of these people that calls everything a demon. I don't like to overly Satanize things, and I don't like to overly blame the devil for stuff because I think it gives him too much credit, and I think most of what we're dealing with in here is a result of stuff we did. I just need a wave from somebody. Yeah, sure, the enemy attacks, but most of us in here who are dealing with consequence and regret are dealing with consequence and regret based on stuff we did that we knew better than. Give me an amen on that one. Somebody say something. We can blame the devil, but it ain't the devil. It's you. You went to the club. You backed it up. You learned how to twerk. Okay. You the one who did that. You put that thong on. The devil didn't put that thong on you. Okay. What I'm saying is you did that. You picked her up. You made the mixtape, mixtape, mixtape. You the one that had the van. You the one that played Luther. You the one that, that you, the, you did that. That was not, the devil didn't do that. tell y'all the story that my dad used to tell all the time where where the lord or an angel is walking and says i guess it's an angel that's walking and he sees the devil sitting down crying and the angel comes over to the to, de to the devil and says lucifer what's wrong and he said the christians they blame me for everything <laughs> everything ain't the devil all right I don't like to overly Satanize everything, but I will tell you something that the devil traffics in. I'm going to put it on the screens for you. You ready? It's misunderstandings. Misunderstandings. If you're in this room and you've ever dealt with a person, a roommate, a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a best friend, a parent, a mama, a daddy, or whatever, and you have gotten to a place where you are like, I don't know what's going to happen with this person. A lot of times what the enemy likes to do is to make you misunderstand one another. And the misunderstandings are so great that you almost can't even talk to the person. You want to throw your cell phone in the pond. Okay. Now, beloved, if you look at this passage, you'll see... <laughs> That Jesus is a victim of misunderstanding. If Jesus can be a victim of misunderstanding, what you think going to happen with you? What happens is he is at a place, it becomes so crowded, he can't even eat. His family comes there, Pastor Al, to take him in hand because they think he is out of his mind. That means his own family 
think he crazy? Can you imagine being so anointed and so powerful and so gifted and so full of a dream and so full of a vision and so driven and so determined that your own family think you crazy? I would contend that I don't know if you're anointed and I don't know if you have a vision and I don't know if you have a dream and I don't know if you're powerful and I don't know if you're strong if your family don't think you're crazy. They ought to think you're crazy because you ought to have a goal that's so much bigger than anything they ever did. You ought to have a dream that's so bigger. Every time they get around you, you should be talking about what you're about to do. And they ought to be wondering, should they take you in hand? His family thinks he's crazy. The Pharisees and the Sadducees say, that is the devil. He is casting out demons by the power of demons. This is the Messiah. Jesus Christ, the anointed one, had so much power that they thought his power was demonic. Now, let me just say, if this has not happened to you yet, keep on living. But one of the most frustrating things is for someone to call your good, evil. That misunderstanding is infuriating. In which somebody has decided that they know your heart and they know your motives and they know why you're doing what you're doing. And even if you say sorry, they won't accept it because they think you're only saying sorry to play them because they have decided that your power must be demonic because you're too smart and you're too good and you're too favored and you're too gifted and there's no way you should have that many people. And so clearly you have sold out in some way and you now are demon possessed. There's almost nothing more frustrating as a human being than for you to reach a place of misunderstanding with somebody that it's so great that they now are calling you evil. If it hadn't happened to you yet, just keep on living. But if you feel me, just, just give me a way. Just put something in the text so I'll know that I'm not talking just to myself. If you've lost relationship with somebody over a misunderstanding, if you could talk to them now, you still don't think you can mend it because they so misunderstand you that they would misunderstand you when you were talking to them. Why do people misunderstand you? Let me throw this out here really quickly. I just feel the of the Lord. Why do people misunderstand you? Let me give you a couple of reasons why people misunderstand you, and then I'll talk about agreement. Because with misunderstandings, agreement is almost impossible to happen. And a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. And a house divided against itself can't stand. And a company divided against itself can't stand. Relationship can't stand. Friendship can't stand. Church divided against itself can't stand. The enemy knows that if he causes enough division, he will rob you of power. So he traffics in misunderstanding. It is one of his special little powers in which if he can get you to misunderstand each other enough, he can rob you of the power that it takes for you to actually be successful because you can't 
be successful divided. You can't be successful divided against yourself. You can't be successful divided in your house. You can't be successful divided in a nation. We can't be successful divided in a church. We can't be successful divided in a family. You will not be successful divided with your children. Submission only goes but so far. At some point, they're going to have to agree. So, what causes misunderstandings? Let me give them to you really quickly because I'm spending more time than I want to, but I feel God in this moment. Let me tell you why. The first reason why people misunderstand you, and especially people who don't know you that well. Because there be people who will swear they know you, and they barely know But they swear they know you. They just met you, and they swear they know you. And they're telling you you, and you're like, yeah, that ain't me at all. They've known you less than a year, but they know you better than your mama. It's ridiculous. Why do they misunderstand you? Let me give you some reasons. The first reason why people misunderstand one another is because the past speaks louder than the future. Meaning that what they have come from and the baggage that they have has so scarred them that they think everybody in the future is like everybody in their past. So everybody with a past has to be careful that they don't make every future person pay the back tax for the raggedy people that came out of your life. Just because your last pastor was raggedy, don't make me raggedy. There's no such thing as a perfect pastor. And I'll tell you now, I am far from perfect. God help me, Jesus. But just because your last pastor was ratchet don't mean your last. Just because your last boyfriend was raggedy don't mean the man that God has for you is going to be raggedy. You want to be careful not driving away your future, complaining about your. I, I got to move on from here. You better be careful telling your future too much what your past did. Because if it might make me be like, wow. You're scarred. I wonder if you even like men. I mean, it's not that I hate men. I just don't like men. I can't stand men. I don't like being around men. I don't like talking to men. I mean, I might love you. Wait, wait, wait. You are going to have to forgive the evil that was done to you. Your baby mama made you want to... Just because your baby mama made you want to don't mean that every woman you meet is going to be like your baby mama. You got to let your past go. I don't know why all the dudes in here got all quiet. Like, don't nobody in here got a baby's mama. Don't make me start calling people out. The devil is a liar. Now, what I'm telling you is, if you got one, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. Just because your baby mama make you want to run away and join the circus don't mean that every woman you meet is like your baby mama. You got to be careful that you don't let your past, just because your last job was this and your last place didn't respect you and your last place didn't appreciate you and your last place asked you to work extra and didn't appreciate you, don't tell your new boss that. Don't tell your new supervisor that. Don't tell them that on your job interview. Don't tell them you left there because they didn't appreciate you. Don't tell Tell your future what your past did. Heal, forgive, move on. But people misunderstand you because they are projecting you based on their past. 
That's the first reason. Number two, this is supposed to be appetizer, but it's feeling like meal. <laughs> Number two, second reason why you misunderstand and people misunderstand you is because they are telling you how they are. They're telling you how they are. They figure you must be like them. If they were in your situation, this is how they would be. So when you back up and you're like, wow, I'm nothing like that at all. Understand, they're telling you how they be. They're telling, what you, telling you what they would do if they were supervisor. They're telling you what they would do if they were the boss. They're telling you what they would do. They're telling you how they deal with people. You couldn't possibly be different than them because they figure you're like them. This happens all the time. People look at people and they project what they would do if they were in their seat. And then they just assume that what they would do is what that person would do. And they are now projecting onto you what they would do. Number three, the third reason why this happens is because your words and your actions cause misunderstandings. If you find yourself saying, I don't know why everybody tells me I don't like people. Well, it may be that you act like you don't like people. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. If three people tell you you come off kind of mean and in your heart you don't think you're mean, then you might need to reevaluate your actions and your attitudes and how you are. If everybody think you got a bad attitude, you might want to take a look at what your at rest face is. I'm supposed to be preaching. Don't make me cussing here. You want to make sure that you have an at-rest happy face and not an at-rest. Let me get back to my Bible and hold it on my chest. If people think you stink and you're not, you might want to look in your face and see, is your face stank? If everybody thinks you're hard and unapproachable, bruh, it might be because you have decided to be Tyson every second. If you walk everywhere, if everything, if you laugh like this, <laughs> if you can't be happy and you wonder why people think you gangster. I don't know why everybody think I'm like that, Pastor Andy. I don't even get it. I'm not even in a gang. I mean, I might dress like I'm in a gang. I might rep colors, but I don't mean. If your, your actions and your attitude, I don't know why they never asked me to stay over. I don't know why they never asked me. I don't know why they never offer overtime to me. I don't know why they never do. Why don't they never do that? I don't understand why nobody. Why doesn't anybody come say hi to me? Why isn't anybody? Why isn't? Why don't nobody smile at me? Well, maybe if you sow some smiles, you'll get some smiles back. 
Your actions and your attitude, your actions and your behavior, your words, they cause misunderstanding. I'm going to throw a quote up here that my dad said to me when I was 15. I'll never forget it. My dad said to me, it, it's, it's profound in its simplicity. And it is, you don't see yourself the way other people see you. You don't. The way you see you is not how other people see you. The way you sound is not how you sound to other people. When I first started preaching, it took years for me to get used to hearing my voice on tape and on TV. Because if you could hear my voice to me, to me, I got a wonderful baritone thing going on over here like Barry White. To me, when I'm like, turn with me in your Bibles, it's real deep and it's real low and it's real, I need bass in there. Turn with me in your Bibles. Anybody got a Bible? Anybody? When I hear me say, anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord today, it's deep. It's a little bit Martin Luther King. It's a little bit of, it's a good deep preacher voice when I hear it. And then when I listen to myself on TV, I'm like, Because you don't sound to you the way you really sound. You don't look to you the way you really look. You think you're slaying. And somebody is like, <laughs> that don't go with that. Just because they made that in your size. Your smells don't smell to you, gentlemen. Your smells don't smell to you the way they smell to other people. You are in there doing your business. You are reading and studying and talking to God. And you are returning fertilizer to the earth. And this woman got the nerve to come in here spraying for breathe everywhere. What is the problem? The problem is that you to you is different than you to us. Here's the fourth one. It's been way too much time on Pastor Al. Here's the fourth one. The fourth reason is they don't misunderstand you. This is how you are. And you are in denial. They think you're rude because you're rude. They think you mean because you mean. They think you stank because you stank. It's not an at-rest face. You really are a believer. Hallelujah. Almost got you. It's not that you have a face like that. That's what you are. You don't look like a thug. You are a thug. You don't look like a racist. You are a racist. I don't know why everybody think I'm a racist. Well, it's because you're a racist. <laughs> a kingdom divided cannot stand if you're going to have power in your family you have to have agreement if you're going to have power in your relationship you have to have agreement you have power in your company you have to have agreement it can't be misunderstandings you gotta have to agree everybody got to do it the same every place without that understanding there won't be any agreement. This is why 
I like Joshua, and I left myself 13 minutes to talk about him, but it's okay. This is why I like Joshua. I like Joshua because Joshua was successful through agreement. He wasn't somebody that just had so much power that he could do it all on his own. There have been people like that, Samson and David, a whole lot of folk who just have so much power, they can do it on their own. But Joshua is somebody who's undefeated. He's undefeated. The only battle they ever lost was AI, and if you are aware of the Bible, Joshua wasn't there. I would contend that if Joshua had showed up, they might have won, even with the idolatry. Because the Lord said to Joshua, I'll be with you wherever you go. But still, Joshua is undefeated and he has a united kingdom. And it makes me say, well, wow, how did Joshua get a kingdom united? Because that's not easy to do. It is not easy to agree. It is not easy to, to have agreement in any area. Generationally, gender, Experiences, wealth, education, culture, agreement is not easy to achieve. How was Joshua able to create agreement? What is it that they did so that agreement was possible so that when they're about to go to war, the angel is there? If you are in the Charlotte, North Carolina area and want to see Pastor Andy live, he and WOCC will be doing a pop-up worship service on July 3rd, 2022. The service will be at the Night Theater in downtown Charlotte at 10 a.m. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast to save your seat and we will see you there. We all want angelic reinforced power all of us all of us want power from on high all of us want prayer to make something happen and if you pray and something happens I'm gonna get to it I promise but if you pray and something happens it give you a whole nother feeling I don't know if you've ever prayed and something happened I just need a witness I need a testimony if you have ever got down on your knees and said Lord if you don't do something about this I'm gonna snap and the next day when God show up and the ne and somebody do something you never would have imagined, you, you like, oh, let me, where is Pastor at? Where is Elder Paul? Let's get down to the prayer. I want to go pray at the prayer. Is there morning? One of my sons asked me the other day. He prayed and God moved. Now he want to know, do y'all have morning prayer? How often do you have prayer? I'm like, when were you ever interested in prayer? You get interested in prayer when you pray and God moves. I need a witness in here. Let God do something for you and see if you want to pray some more. How 
did this angel show up? The angel is so impressive that when Joshua sees him, he's like, whoa, who are, whose side are you on? Are you on our side or our, their side? This means that this wasn't no little baby angel. This wasn't some little cute little angel. This was a big giant gangster, got a sword drawn, looked like he ready to kill somebody, angel. And Joshua is like, whoo, we about to fight. Can I recruit you? Whose side are you on? The angel says, I ain't on nobody's side. I'm on God's side. Whose side are you leaning on? I'm leaning on the Lord's side. I'm on the Lord's side. The question isn't, is the angel on your side? The question is, are you on God's side? How did that happen? How did Joshua and this group agree enough for an angel to show up. Let me give them to you really quickly. I'm going to give them to you in eight minutes and I'm going to try to explain them as, as much as I can, as little as possible because I want to give them all four to you and because uh, I want to help you. Alright, here it is. The agreement path. Ready? You ready? Here it is. Number one. says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Number one, first way for agreement to be created is you have to leave death behind you. You can't agree with necrophiliacs. Put it on the screen. You can't agree with necrophiliacs. Necrophiliacs are people who want to sleep with dead bodies. You cannot agree with people who are in love with death. You cannot agree with people who are so wed to the way they always did it that even though it's dead now, they still want to do it. Can't agree with those people. Can't agree. I can't do it. You ask me, Pastor Eddie, do you have an affiliation? No, I don't. At least I, I don't have one because I cannot agree with people who are in love with a dead body. Can't do it. The Lord says to Joshua, Moses is dead. You got to let the dead bury the dead. You got to know when something is dead. You got to know when something is over. Don't nobody want to see your blockbuster video card right now. It is over. Ain't nothing worse than somebody wed to something dead. If it's dead, let it die. Cry, mourn, and get on with it. If you're not a rapper by 21, you ain't probably never going to be a rapper. Let it go, boo. Don't nobody want to see no bald 54-year-old rapper up here. It's over. It's done. Stop making your demo tapes. Don't hand it to me. Oh, let me work this. this. Uh, oh, now I'm a Christian rapper. How old are you? 62, but I'm still with the two. And Jesus loved you and me and you. And he died on the cross for me. And Will you please bury that, please? When's the next time y'all are having something, I figure I can come minister. Never. Because I don't put dead stuff up here. You can't agree with death. Leave it behind you. The Lord says, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan. Number two, get ready to get moving. You can't agree with stuck people. 
Can't agree with stuck people. You agree with stuck people, you'll stay stuck where they're stuck. To agree, you have to be moving. The Bible says, can two walk together unless they be agreed to do so? It doesn't say, can two stand together unless they be agreed. Anybody can stand together whether they're in agreement or not. But if you're going to make progress, then you're going to have to have agreement. You can't agree with somebody who's determined to stay the same and you're trying to go somewhere. You can't do it. If they're stuck, you have to leave them and come back and visit them stuck where they are. You'll have to be hard enough in yourself and love your purpose enough and your destiny enough and your dream enough to leave the losers behind you and to go be what you're supposed to be. Because if you are in love with stuck people, they'll make you stuck. You can't agree with them. Lord said to Joshua, "Get it, y'all get up, get ready, get ready to move, get ready. You can tell when somebody's ready to move. He said, be strong. Because, that's number three. Be strong. Because agreement is not for the weak. Agreement is not for the weak. Agreement takes work. You're going to have to have strength. You're going to have to have fortitude. You're going to have to be tough. You're going to have to be thick-skinned. You come into my marital course, that's something you're going to have to get. You're going to have to get your stuff. You're going to have to find your, you have to put your big, you have to put your big girl panties on. You have to put your big boy clothes on. Come down. Because it's not Christian. It's not a Christian course. There's no Bible. I'm not praying. There's no worship. You want to hear me preach? Here I am. I'm giving you the best that I got. I'm giving you the best that I have right here on a Sunday. I'm not interested in preaching anymore any other time of the week. Pastor Andy, you want to preach? No, I've been preaching for 40 years. This was great. As soon as this is over, I'm going home to lay down in my bed. Anyway, what I'm saying to you is agreement is not for weak people. If you are overly sensitive, you will never agree with anybody. If you're insecure, you can't agree. You're too shook to agree. You can only hear what you think. Agreement is not for the weak. You cannot agree with weakness. You have to send strength in the person. You have to strength, send strength in that employee. You, you, are, you are doing nothing but hurting your company if you're trying to hire somebody that you know is weak. Agreement is not for the weak. In chapter 2, they send in spies. Here's the fourth way agreement is accomplished. Faith informed by knowledge. Faith informed by knowledge. Agreement is not for the ignorant. Agreement is not for the ignorant. One of the things that has happened to us in the church is we have decided to replace erudition and sense for Holy Ghost. We just decide, oh, it's spirit-led, so we don't got to know nothing. How's it going to happen? I don't know. Uh, God going to do it. Uh, how are we going to get there? Hmm. Uh, uh, God has a plan. Well, 
Joshua and them send some spies into the land. It really, if, you're, if you know your Bible, it wasn't a smart thing to do because the last time they sent spies, it did not go good. But Joshua is saying, just because I have a word from God don't mean I don't need some knowledge. Understand that you know in part and you prophesy in part. Your prophecy is partial. Well, when I was six, I got a, I got a prophecy. <laughs> I, got a, <laughs> I got a prophecy when I was eight that I was going to be a doctor. Wow. Who gave you that prophecy? My auntie. First of all, just know if your auntie prophesied to you, chances are it ain't God. See how quiet it got? Unless your auntie is a no-joke prophet, and you better bring her in here and let me judge her because prophecy needs to be judged by apostles. But really, your auntie just love you, and she just want to say you a doctor. And if you fail the MCATs and all of that stuff, and you can't get past the chemistry, then chances are your prophecy has to now be informed by some knowledge. Yeah, and the Lord would say unto you, you're an NBA player. But I'm only 5'2". I don't care how much Holy Ghost you have. You're not playing in the NBA. So, it's prophecy and knowledge. Agreement is not for the ignorant. Number five, they crossed the Jordan. So, how is agreement a cheat? How you get there? You got to cross the Jordan. You have to believe you can pass the barriers. People stay stuck on one side. They have no faith that they can pass the barriers. There will be barriers on your way to greatness. You can't agree with people who are afraid to cross barriers. They're uncomfortable. They don't want to go to nothing new. They can't go... You have to cross the Jordan. You can't do it. Number six, if you know the story, when the Jordan opens, they take stones out. Because number six is you have to grab stones from the miracle. I'm out of time. I'm just giving it to you quick. But it's been good anyway. You have to grab stones from the miracle. You can't agree if you have a bad memory. People don't agree who don't remember where they came from. People don't agree who don't remember how we met in the first place. People don't agree who don't remember how we got here. Folk who don't know how to grab stones to be a memorial, to remind them, you can't agree with them. They'll change the facts of how you even got there. Trying to go back and tell a story, and they done changed all the parameters of how it all came together. You can't agree with somebody who will change the history to make them look better, and now you the villain somehow. You can't agree with nobody like that. Lord said, No, take stones out the middle of this Jordan. The last time y'all crossed some water, y'all forgot who did it. I want y'all to cross the Jordan. This, when y'all cross this body of water, take something from the middle of it so you will remember who brought you out of where you 
are because the last thing God or me wants you to do is forget who asked who out. Forget who started this. Forget who sold who. Forget who taught who. Forget who sent who to school. Forget who came here. Forget who started this. Forget who taught who what. It's so funny how people feel themselves and forget who helped them get where they need to. I, I got to move on. You have to forgive me. It's, it's really funny how you'll do right for people, Tyrus, and then they will get to their kingdom and forget that you are the one who even helped them get out of where they are. I wish I had a witness in here so I would know I'm not by myself. And you're like, oh, this next people better grab some stones. Because you can't agree with people with a bad memory. And then number seven is they circumcise, they sacrifice, they feel the pain. You can't agree with people who are afraid of pain. You just can't do it. You can't marry nobody who's scared to be hurt. You can't. It's not possible. Because the more you matter, the more you may hurt me. You can't be best friends with somebody. You'll never have a best friend if you're judging, if you're terrified of pain. You won't go back to school. You won't start your own company. You won't be boss. You won't, you won't do nothing. If you are afraid of the cost, you will never have it. You can't agree with somebody who's scared of the pain. You can't agree with somebody who's afraid of what's going to cost them. You can't agree with somebody who the minute you bring up something powerful, they tell you all the reasons why it can't happen. You can't agree with people who are afraid of the knife. We're going to pull these knives out, gentlemen, and we're going to cut an area that we don't even want a zipper near. Where the men at? Talk to me. I have my church. What, can you imagine when they say, we're going to do what? With what? Yeah, before we go fight this battle, I need to cut a piece of you off. You can't agree with people who can't sacrifice. You can't do it. You can't agree with greedy, only about themselves, selfish, all they think about is themselves, all they think is what they want, all they think is what you do for them. You can't agree with those people. They don't know how to bleed for you. Why would you ever bleed for them, boo? If they don't know how to treat you right, why would you ever be a sucker and bleed for them? And the slave master taught us this bullcrap idea that it is pleasing to God if we bleed for the master and the master don't bleed for us. You can't bleed for a company that don't care about you. It's not godly. It's not godly. You have to understand that you cannot agree with people who are terrified of pain. People who cannot sacrifice. People who cannot get, you cannot agree with somebody that never ever gives. If you pay for every check, 
you can't agree with that person. You should be fighting over the check. No, you had it last time. No, I'm going to get it this time. No, 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 bro. You in my city. No, no. That's somebody you can have covenant with. I wish I had a witness in the building. Even when they're in their low place. One of my best friends in his tough place. He ain't in a low place now because even if he's in a low place, I still got his back. But when he was in a low place and we were together, it's all right. I paid for the dinners. He paid for the breakfast. He was like, that's all right. You pay. I'll pay for breakfast. You're going to pay for dinner, though. That's all right. But still pay something. See that look? That look means I want to hear somebody say something to me. Don't just put your hand in your pocket. Can't agree with somebody who can't sacrifice. Can't agree with somebody that can't give. Can't agree with somebody who's not generous. Can't agree with somebody who's stingy. Can't agree with somebody who's just about themselves. Because they'll dupe you into thinking that they're good, but really, they're just a leech. They are just a parasite sucking out your life force. Oh my Lord, help me, Jesus. At some point, you are going to have to give and receive. You can't just be an eater. You have to be a sower. Isn't it amazing how that just ended right there and I can take up an offering? Wow. Like I've been doing this for a while. Let's give to God. Let's give to God. You see these gatekeepers jumping up and locking the doors? No, they're not locking the doors. But they're jumping up and grabbing these buckets because I'm going to take up this building fund offering. And we've been tithers. And we also want to be able to give this offering because I need your help. I need your help. I need you to make a pledge. I need you to make a pledge. I need you to take a car. I need you to take a scan of that. Donate towards Victory Park. I need you to do that. I need you to be a giver. I need you to make a pledge. So if you could take a scan of that with your phone, if you haven't made a pledge yet, I need you to pledge $1,000, $2,000. If you pledge $2,000, I'll put your name on a plaque and put it on a wall. And I'll put as many names on there as you want for every $2,000 you give. And the more you give, the more you'll get. You give me $50,000, I'll put your name on a court. I'll write your name on a court. That'll be the Johnson. For every 50, a name will go on there. It'll be the Johnson, Adams, Smith, Clark, court. Some guy came up, one of the faithful guys came up, said, Pastor Andy, I haven't been able to send it to you. I want my name on the court. I said, there you go. You give me a few. You pledge $50,000 and give, and give to something besides just yourself. Give, and it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men pour into your lap? You're watching online. You can't just receive this. This ain't Netflix on somebody else's password. This ain't somebody else's Hulu account. This is not somebody else's HBO Max. I know I use yours, Joey, but leave me alone. This is not somebody else's HBO Max. This is your account. And if it had not been for the Lord on your side, I want you to think of where you could be.
without God. COVID struck. Your fear popped up, but he kept you. You owe him. I'm going to make everybody clap. You owe him. You owe him. What shall I render unto God for his benefits towards me? You could have been dead in your grave, but God told death, back up and behave. Sometimes I sit and cry. There's just so many reasons why God's been so good. He's been better to you than you've been to yourself. Don't act like you don't owe the Lord. giving you an opportunity not only to repay God, I'm giving you an opportunity to sow because you can't beat God given and every seed you sow goes into your life, it goes into your destiny and it comes back to you 30, 60 and 100 fold I'm giving you an opportunity to help me to do something in the black community we ain't moving outside, we ain't going 50 miles away, we ain't we didn't buy some little cheap piece of land for $10 in hoop doop no, we're building something up the way, <laughs> country people, let three miles in our community where black people, this is where we're about to build something here. I need your help to do it. I can't do it by myself. We're going to have to come together and do it. We're going to have to agree together and do it. Can I just hear an amen? Just an amen. We have to come together to do it. Oh, Pastor Andy, y'all got this. No, we got this. Can't wait to see what y'all do. No, can't wait to see what we do. My job, it's another reason why I love my 600-pound life. I'm going to leave it alone, but I really do. I'm going to watch it today. <laughs> it's my job as a pastor, and it's becoming harder as I become more apostolic. But, and I, I haven't said this a lot because I, I'm careful. The Bible says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. But you all are going <laughs> to... There's an apostolic call on me. You're going to be seeing me do more apostolic things. It's just how it is. And so it, I, I'm still pastoring you. But the, the apostolic and the pastoral are different. Now, 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 let me tell you the job of a pastor. It's like the high diving board and the low diving board over the deep end. They're both over the same deep end. If you can jump off the low diving board, you can jump off the high one. Clearly, you can swim. The high diving board isn't that much higher than the low diving board. Just looks a lot higher. But anybody that can jump off the low one can jump off the high one. So the job of the pastor is the low diving board. The high diving board is what everybody can do. The low diving board is what everybody's going to do. And the job of the pastor is to believe in what you can do and love you and serve you with what you're going to do. And I love that about the call. And I'm, I love the fact that I'm walking in it. And I want to challenge you to do what you can do. I'm going to love you with what you do. <laughs> but can I challenge you to do what you can do? Can you talk to God? Can you make a pledge? Can you give as unto the Lord? Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Can you give online? Take a picture of that QR code. Can you make a pledge? Can you give an offering right now? 
We're passing the buckets already. I love it. Let's give. Let's give. I'm going to pray while we're giving. God, bless this offering. Take it and multiply it supernaturally to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Lord, you know the vision we're trying to do. We're trying to build this whole victory park, this great big sports arena place. Our sanctuary is going to be in the middle of it. But, God, we want something that's going to impact the community. We want something that's going to do economic development. We, we're about to build a 100,000 square foot building, Lord God. We are days away from breaking ground, and we have got to come together and raise this money. And so, God, I thank you. For miracles. I thank you for everyone that's pledged anything. I thank you, Lord God, for that that awesome family, that couple that came up to me last Sunday, the man, he came up to me, been with us forever, pledged $50,000. God, I, I pray you bless him, his wife, his business, his children, his grandchildren. And God, I bless the ones who have $50,000 to pledge. And I pray, Lord, for those who have 50 to pledge. I pray for those who have 1000 to pledge. God, because it's not equal gifts, it's equal sacrifice. But God, I pray that you would bless us coming and going. I bless, I pray for the kings and the queens in here. I pray, God, for these 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 college students over here Lord God that they'll get jobs and then they can be tithers God I pray that you would lead us and guide us and we would be the head and not the tail always at the top never at the bottom I pray for scholarships I pray God right now for gifts and surprises I pray for inheritances I pray Lord God for clients I pray God for our own stuff I pray God that you would bless us like you said will be used by you for your glory. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you as you give. God bless you as you give. And uh, we're passing the buckets. Did we pass the buckets? Yeah? We good? You gave online? You got to give online? This is not a free thing. You got to give online. Okay, jump on your feet and let me pray for you one more time. Thanks so much for coming to worship with us today. Bless you in the name of the Lord. There's stuff in your bulletin. Make yourself available to that. And um, it was good. Anybody hear a word from the Lord this morning? It was good. Can y'all praise God for A&T one more time? God bless y'all. Thank you so much. Y'all have to come back. Y'all took us to the throne today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for our time together. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Thank you for Yoli that came and guest led and, and Pastor Joss, God, and Johnny and the gifts and the choir and Auntie and the elders that prayed and the gifts that you gave and the, everyone running a camera, every one of these men wearing a blue shirt, everybody in there working in children's ministry. Pray. I thank you for everybody that used their gas and their time to come here. I pray for everybody that's watching around the world and I pray that you bless your people and make your face shine upon your people and be gracious to your people and give us peace. And we'll bless you for all of these prayer requests on this stage. God, work miracles and we'll praise you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming to church today. Bless you. Bless you. Greet somebody. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.